On this episode, we will talk about how we create our lives through our thoughts about the things that we experience in our lives. We'll learn a quick and easy tool to allow us to get some awareness about how this works. And we will see how much power you have to change your experience of your life and that you don't have to wait on other people or circumstances or other things outside of you to change for you to change your experience of your life. Welcome to Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast with Stephanie Lee. On this show, we're going to talk about what it means to be a late Gen X or early millennial woman dipping her toes into midlife. I'm talking specifically to the woman who sees this life stage as an opportunity to reflect on her life to date and to begin the second half with intentionality and purposefulness, whatever that may mean to her. Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie. Thank you so much for the ratings and reviews. It has been such a big help to get the podcast in front of people who otherwise wouldn't come across it. And it lets Apple Podcasts know that it's worth recommending to people who like similar shows. Since I started podcasting and realizing the importance of rating and reviewing, I'm going back to review podcasts that I've listened to over the years and sharing those with you. One of my long-term goals and something that I've really struggled with is weight loss. And my favorite weight loss podcast is created by a life coach named Laura Dixon. I believe she's in Wisconsin. Her podcast is called Naturally Thin for Life. I highly recommend it if weight loss is one of your goals and something you want to work on for the second half of your life. What I like most about Laura's approach is that it's about losing weight in a sustainable way and then keeping it off in the same way. It involves getting to know and recognize the signs of hunger in your body and sensations of fullness and really eating in response to those, which seems like a novel idea sometimes, right? I've really realized listening to her show just how much I eat simply because it's time to eat or because I'm bored or nervous or happy, or anxious, but also, too, that I'm eating like it's an item on my to-do list that I need to finish up quickly. And so I realize how much I want to pay attention to my body's cues instead and really cue into that and believe that's going to be key to my own weight loss. So I highly recommend Naturally Thin for Life with Laura Dixon. If you're enjoying this podcast, that is Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast, and you think it would be beneficial to others, please do rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. This, again, is the way that it gets in front of other people who otherwise wouldn't hear about it. I so appreciate your time doing this. And if you're willing to review mine or other podcasts that you enjoy, because like me, if you're enjoying these podcasts, it'd be a great idea for you to rate and review them as well. I have a quick YouTube video on my site that will show you how to find subscribe, and rate and review podcasts on Apple Podcasts. It's available at stephanieleecoaching.com forward slash podcast. And there's a link in the description on whatever podcast player you're listening to. So what's going on with me? Well, I'll tell you something I've observed lately. I mentioned when I was telling you about the Naturally Thin for Life podcast 
that I can treat eating a meal or even eating specific items on my plate like an item on my to-do list. And I've become aware of my tendency to do this with other things as well. And I assume that this is a bit of a consequence of being the type of person who likes to get things done. We're going after it, we're knocking it out, we're accomplishing a lot, and barreling through our to-do list. And that perspective or orientation can begin to bleed through to areas of our life that are not actually about accomplishment. And I've gone back and forth about the types of things I add to my to-do list. So I like the idea of everything in one place. But I find if I add like a massage or a trip to the sauna to my to-do list, I start thinking about that as one more item to get done instead of the rest and recovery exercise that it is. And it really takes away from it. I found myself doing this last weekend when my husband and I were getting out of the house to run some errands together. They were errands, but we were taking the time and kind of making an event out of it. And even so, my brain wanted to slip into go mode and start being efficient and thinking about how quickly we could get it done and get back home where we could really relax and take care of ourselves. I noticed this too. I've just returned from a business trip and I was so glad that I I had the presence of mind at the end of the trip to really recognize that we had had a great time. The types of trips that I do for work, there's a lot of intense, hard work with a group of people, usually who don't know one another. And then there's an opportunity for us to have several meals together and get to know one another. So it's an interesting mix of, of an intensity of a hard task, as well as some time getting to know people you wouldn't otherwise have had a relationship with. And at the end of this visit, I realized just how good it felt, just how much fun we had had. And part of the fun was the accomplishment. It was the result of the hard work of these people who were basically strangers coming together and having the opportunity to interact professionally with one another in their areas of competence. And then we got to simply laugh over meals and have a great time and realize what we had in common and talk about the things that that brought us together and brought us to where we were. At any rate, it's so easy for us to paint our professional lives, to paint even our lives as a list of to-dos. But when we have the presence of mind to take a moment and reflect and realize that even our to-dos, even our professional responsibilities are interspersed with these moments of pleasantness and happiness and the way accomplishment feels, it can really brighten the entire circumstance. So I talked in an earlier episode about what really started my midlife reinvention project. What started this project for me, and one of the contributing factors that I mentioned is this idea of my life happening to me. The sense that I was not in control, that I was just sort of a supporting actor in what was happening in my life. Logically knowing that that wasn't true, but also feeling like it was true, and that being my experience. One of the reasons that I think that this happens is because of the efficiency of our brains. Our brains are designed to create efficiencies. And I talk a lot here about how our brains work and about being able to sort of recognize and observe how our brains might be working so that we don't always interpret the things about how our brains work as capital T truth, right? 
So we know that one of the things our brains do is try to conserve energy, really try to streamline things. So we're getting up and we're doing something every day, like getting up and going to the same job or getting up and simply remaining married, perhaps, to the same person every day. We don't necessarily make a conscious choice each morning, generally speaking, to say, all right, I'm going to stay married. Or, all right, today I'm going to get up and I'm going to get myself to work. And our brain is doing this in order to be efficient. And of course, that's good. But I also think it has consequences. We make a decision for a period of time, and then we feel like it's one and done. And now we're locked in. But the reality is that we are choosing every day to stay married, to do the things that involve us staying married. We are choosing every day to get up and go to work or to get up and go to our office. But when we push those choices into that place of efficiency, into the background, sometimes it takes them out of our conscious awareness And this can create that feeling that I experienced and others experience of our life happening to us, of it being outside of us in some way. And it's really not. So it's just important simply to remember and acknowledge that those things are choices because it does give you some authority back for what's happening in your life. You may, for example, really dislike your job and really not want to go back every day. But you also may actively be choosing to keep that job because you don't have another one and you need the income. And so you are making a choice for the income, for the health insurance, over your own discomfort of showing up at a job you don't like. But it is your choice to do that. And the reality is not everybody makes that choice. Some people do just up and quit. If that is what you choose, even if it's a choice that you don't like, it puts you in a place of empowerment to own that choice rather than thinking of yourself as stuck. And the same is true of a marriage that you would like to leave, but you stay in for reasons that are important to you. All of that to say, I want to present to you For three primary reasons, the idea that we create the experience of our lives. We create our lives. And this may feel grandiose to you, or it may sound like the idea that we're manifesting our lives or whatever, but I would actually argue that it is just sort of intensely practical and pretty straightforward when you take a look at it. And I want to show you how we create this experience of our lives for three main reasons. The first is to get at this idea of our lives happening to us. And again, the reason I feel like we get this sense is because we've pushed choices out of our awareness. And so we're going to bring awareness to the role that you play in the creation of what ultimately constitutes your life. The second reason is what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, which is what do you want in the second half of your life? What are your second half goals? And now as you're beginning to develop them, so what? What do you do about them now? If you are creating your life, and indeed the second half of your life, you have a role to play. 
The third reason I want to teach you this, it feels a little less immediate, but I would suggest it's not. And in fact, it's actually where we're going to start today. We're going to go through some exercises that you can use on a daily basis to really understand what's happening in your own brain and what's happening in the world around you and how those things interact and intersect with one another to create the life experience that you're having. And right now we're talking about this in the context of what you want for the second half of your life. But the reality is that these exercises and tools can be used for anything. To get some insight, some awareness, to help move the needle on things that we tend to think are pretty static. So they're very useful and flexible with lots of applications that I think you'll appreciate. So let's dive in. I attended my first Romance Writers Conference in 2019, before the pandemic, Moonlight and Magnolias, sponsored by the Georgia Romance Writers. Because I want to write novels, and one day, I will. But I attended that conference with women who have now become friends, who look at everyday mundane details and see story potential. Wouldn't it be interesting if this? Ooh, how would they manage if that? I was amazed. I have glimmers of this every once in a while, but being around people who are just wells of creativity is awesome. It feels like it's something that I need to nurture and cultivate if I really want to write. But actually, I'm already a storyteller. And you are too. You are a born storyteller. We all are. It's how we make sense of what's going on in the world around us. Our brains make meaning from all of the disparate events and occurrences and link them together to create the stories of our lives. We tend to think about our lives as being what a camera lens would capture if we were followed all day by a videographer. They would see you doing stuff, having conversations, driving places, and that would be your life, right? It's a starting place. But without a narrative to go along with that footage, without a narrator, the footage will be flat. Things will happen, but it won't be very interesting because so what? There's no context around it. So we are telling stories to ourselves and others all day. And maybe you're uncomfortable with my use of the phrase telling stories because it sounds like I'm suggesting that we're walking around all day making things up and maybe even lying to ourselves. But both fiction and nonfiction are made up of stories. Narrative nonfiction is an entire genre made from true events woven into stories. Even new stories are stories of events that occurred. But these stories, they have a perspective. They include evaluation and interpretation of the events that occur. And most importantly, no two people involved in those events would tell the story the same way. And we tell stories about big things, about little things, mundane things, and extraordinary things. Everything that happens in our lives is a piece of a story that we are telling. And these stories can be long and elaborate and detailed with backstory and character development, or they can be a phrase. And I don't want you to think that I'm suggesting in any way that we shouldn't have stories. What I'm suggesting, rather, is that these stories are what our life consists of. 
They make up the stuff of our life. So you want to be very aware and very intentional about the stories you are telling. We think that things just happen, but our experiences of our lives are created by the stories that we tell ourselves about the things that happen. And this can be large and in our conscious awareness, and it can be less so. So notice that stories can simply be a sentence, a few words, a phrase. There's a genre of fiction known as flash fiction. And these are very, very, very short stories. So perhaps we're dealing in flash fiction stories, if that helps you to think about this. And one of the examples of flash fiction that I've read and seen online is, is as follows. Baby shoes, for sale, never worn. Just a few words, but immediately your mind is speculating about why these shoes were never worn. Was it a tragedy? Could it have been anything else? So we tell ourselves little stories all day long in the form of our thoughts about events, people, and things that happen. So let's look at some examples of stories. I have so much to do and not enough time to do it. My husband works late every night and never spends time with me and the kids. Hard work pays off. I never had time for myself. I have to get up early. There is enough time for things that are truly important. My family comes first. My husband makes me coffee each morning. We should have more money by now. My wife works hard to support the needs of our family. I have to hurry. I didn't do a good job on that, and people are going to figure it out. I don't know what to do about X. I would be making more money in this job if I was a man. We paid too much for that house. I'm not as likable as other people. I made poor choices as a young person, and I'm paying for it now. My dream of becoming an artist is foolish. I work hard and never get anywhere. People with a lot of money are more likely to be corrupt. We have the best marriage. He lived a good life. I ran out of gas. This is a good part of town. And as I read that list of stories, that list of sentences or thoughts, you probably thought to yourself, that's a good one. That's a bad one. There's another good one. And what you were tuning into is exactly why this is so important. What you were tuning into when you thought of some of those stories as good and some of those stories as bad or negative was the feeling that's produced by each of those stories. We walk about in the world believing that things happen or things are a certain way, and then we automatically feel a certain way about them. Of course we do. It's just obvious that this is how we feel when this thing happens. But what this misses is the intervention of our thoughts, our stories, our powerful minds on whatever the thing is that we're experiencing. Because the stories that we tell ourselves create the world that we experience. And they produce the feelings that we have that fuel how we then show up and what comes of it our results. 
So I'm sharing with you today an extremely simple tool to allow you to create some awareness of how your thoughts create the substance of your life. So what I'm going to ask you to do is this. You need some paper and a pen or a device. I would recommend something larger than your phone because there's probably a lot in your head and having more surface area to examine it is better, but you do you. We're going to do what I call just a thought download. And it's exactly what it sounds like. You're briefly going to take all the thoughts in your head and just get them out, get them down on paper. You can do this in a lot of different ways. There's no wrong way to do a thought download. You can clear out the closet of your mind at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day just to see what's in there. But today for this exercise, I'm going to suggest we do it topically. So pick a topic that you're churning about. I have mine. And just label the top of the page with it. Pick any topic relevant to you. One of the great things is that this exercise doesn't really have to be about any particular thing. It works for big hairy problems and little irritations that you don't actually want to admit to people are problems at all. So mine is sleep. Specifically, the idea that I didn't get enough sleep while on my business trip. I've mentioned on the podcast that I have a little obsession with getting enough sleep, so we're going to use that. And then I'm going to ask you to just take a few minutes, pause this. You may want to set a timer for three, five, ten minutes if that helps you. But take a few minutes and just write down all of the thoughts that come to you about your topic. I prefer to do one line per thought. Good thoughts, bad thoughts, whatever comes to mind. Just sift through and take it all down. And I'll give you a few minutes to do that if you want to pause. And if not, if you're driving, you can come back to this a little bit later. So I'm going to share my thought download with you just for illustration. I was up later than I needed to be each night. We ate dinner too late. I should be taking better care of myself. I know better. Now I need to catch up on my sleep. I should have exercised. I probably should have gotten up earlier. I should have gotten outside to see the sunrise. I'm tired. I don't know when I can catch up on my sleep. I should have said no to that particular item that I agreed to that made me tired. I ate too much. I shouldn't have had a drink. I'm not drinking enough water. One of the first things that I would ask you to do, and remember, this was my thought download about sleep and my business trip and how I didn't get enough of it. So one of the first things I would ask you to do when you have your thought download down on paper is to go through and circle all of the facts. And for these purposes, let's think about facts as things that are indisputable. They could be proven in a court of law if necessary. So as I look at my list of items, all of these are really about my internal experience. I couldn't prove them to someone else. And they certainly are reflective of my evaluation of the situation or my perception of the situation. What I'm struck with is I've got this rather elaborate story, and it actually doesn't have many facts. So we're going to add some. So I'm just going to add these to my sheet of paper. So fortunately, I use a sleep tracker. So I know the amount of sleep that I got during these three nights of being out of town. So maybe for my facts, I'm going to include and, and just imagine that I'm adding these to my sheet of paper. 
the actual amount of time I got to sleep each night. So let's say seven hours one night, seven and a half hours the next, and maybe eight hours and 15 minutes on the third night. I'll also add the times that I went to bed and my wake times. And what I notice if I look just at those facts is really that they are pretty sparse. Another thing that I notice as I look at my sleep and wake times and how much time I spent to sleep is I know of other people who would think that I went to bed very early, perhaps embarrassingly early, and got a lot of sleep. They would have an entirely different story about how much I slept on the business trip and likely about my sleep and wake times. It's my thoughts that this isn't enough, that it's a problem that's creating my much more elaborate picture of what happened and my experience of it. So it's become trendy lately to be a nerd. So I'm going to out myself a little bit because I love this idea, this metaphor that came to me. I grew up watching Star Trek The Next Generation. It was in syndication, so it was on for like two hours every day when I got home from school, and I watched a lot of it and enjoyed it. Next Generation was the series that would have aired probably originally in the early 1990s, actually, with Captain Jean-Luc Picard. And on the Star Trek Enterprise, they had what they called a holodeck. Now, mind you, this is supposed to be at least several hundred years in the future, maybe more, I don't recall. So you could go into the holodeck as a passenger on the Enterprise, and it was essentially an entire room designed to be a hologram. And so you could ask the holodeck to create around you a rainforest or a restaurant or some other place in the entire galaxy on this show. You could also allow it to run a simulation for you, like to teach you how to box or even give you cello lessons. When the characters entered the room, it was entirely gray and had like a grid on the wall and on the roof and on the ceilings or the ceiling and the, the floors rather. And then the character would tell the Enterprise, you know, what, what they wanted created on the holodeck and it would spring to life around them. So think about the bare facts, the facts about what is happening in your life, your situation or your problem that you did the thought download about. Think about that as the gray grid on the holodeck. Remember, these facts, they don't usually contain adjectives or adverbs. They aren't evaluations, perceptions, or even summary statements. All of these things allow our thoughts to creep in. Our stories. But then when you add in the thoughts, the stories, the holodeck is transformed into an elaborate scene that you're experiencing that you actually can't distinguish from the reality that you are still in a room on the Starship Enterprise. In the same way, events happen in our lives, the bald facts, if you will, and the thoughts, evaluations, perceptions, and ways that we interpret them create the experience of our lives. So if I were you, I would be asking, what's the point? There are facts and there are thoughts. And yes, maybe my thoughts are not factual in that way that you're describing, but I think they're true and I still believe them. So what does it matter? That's true to my experience. They're facts for me. And what I would offer to you is that our thoughts are optional. We don't actually have to believe 
everything that we think. You heard me correctly. We can have thoughts that we don't even actually really believe. Maybe something is just firing a well-trod neural pathway that's playing an old thought. It's really a habit. You've heard from me on this podcast how invested I am in getting enough sleep, getting up early, and seeing early morning light when it's available. But I can also tell you that my thoughts about not getting enough sleep, like for my thought download, they are extremely well-practiced. And I think those types of thoughts, regardless of the actual amount of sleep that I've gotten. I've told you I have been waiting for years to wake up feeling rested so I could become a morning person. And what I have realized is that this dialogue in the morning is deeply entrenched, and it has very little to do with my actual level of fatigue or amount of sleep, and everything to do with my alarm going off. So it's a habit. And knowing it's a habit, I don't have to believe it every time I think the thought that I haven't gotten enough sleep. Our thoughts feel very personal to us. They are happening in our own brains, after all. But sometimes, you'll find that you have a thought that isn't really your own. Perhaps you've heard it or you read it. Perhaps it was something someone you love said, a friend, a family member. It might have even been something that was said by somebody that you adamantly disagreed with. But the emotion of the moment caused it to have a large impact in your brain, and so now it's present and it's getting called up for you. With these particular events. Sometimes it's helpful just to think of thoughts as just phrases or sentences that sort of flit through your brain. But you can identify those. You can observe them and you can watch yourself thinking the thoughts, which actually means that you are outside of them in some way. You don't have to identify with them. Sometimes when we have a story that we're holding on to really tightly, Separating the thoughts from the facts is enough to allow us to loosen our grip. Just putting the thoughts on paper or on the screen gives you some actual physical distance from them. My experience of thoughts, especially if I'm ruminating, is that they're circling around and around in my brain and keep almost like kicking themselves back up to make sure that they have my attention. But if they're out on the page and I can look at them and acknowledge them and see them, it's like they don't need to continue to try to get my attention. But perhaps most importantly with this exercise, getting your thoughts on paper and really separating the facts of the situation from the thoughts, from those stories, will help you create an awareness of the extent to which you are creating the experience of your own life. And this is excellent news. Because you can change the way you think about things if you want to, and if it serves you. You are in the driver's seat. You're not actually waiting for the facts of the situation to change, for your boss to change, for your spouse to change, for the economy to change, or civic leaders to change. You are not dependent on anyone else to change. You can change your experience of your life. And next week, we're going to go a little bit further, and I'm going to show you how your thoughts create the feelings that you bring to a situation and how those feelings then fuel how you show up 
which creates your outcomes, your results. So I'm going to give you a little homework this week. I want you to try a brief thought download every day. You could experiment with doing one in the morning or one in the evening, one that's open-ended or even some topical ones like we did today. Think of it as taking the lid off the cookie jar and just spilling it out on the table, sifting through them and making order out of it. And I would really urge you, it's going to be tempting to be proactive where you think you can force change by changing your thinking when it becomes real to you, what your thoughts are and how they're impacting how you show up. And I would ask for this week that you just observe and notice and see how the thoughts of your life are creating your experience of your life. This week's podcast worksheet will guide you through this process and provide some more tips for doing thought downloads. So you're going to want to be sure that you grab that at stephanieleecoaching.com forward slash episode 13. And that's also where you'll find the show notes for this episode. Thank you for sticking with me through the 13th episode of Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast. I do hope you'll join me back here on your favorite podcast player or YouTube for our next episode. Wherever you do listen, please do like and subscribe and tell your friends. And if you're enjoying it, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps others to find the show. Have a great week, and I can't wait to chat with you again soon. Bye.